0: With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and we talk to him every Sunday morning to see what's going on up in the planets and the skies and in the world. Uh, Good morning, Steve Cates. Uh, Tell us what's going on. Well, good
1: morning. Good and happy Sunday morning to you and the listeners of the Cats Roundtable. John, in this edition, we're going to introduce a story that's kind of interesting. The Earth may have other small moons, not just the moon itself. And the story on that is this. A near-Earth asteroid may be part of our moon. In other words, it might have come from our moon. These are called near-Earth asteroids, and it has an interesting name because it was discovered by astronomers in Hawaii. It's known as Kamo O'aliwa. It's 150 feet in diameter, and as I said before, may be part of our moon created by an explosion of an asteroid that pushed this object into space. So now we find out that the Earth, among other little objects, may have a small moon in addition to our regular moon. And how do they think it's part of the moon? They analyze the spectrum, you know, to find out what it's made of. And it matches many of the rocks that the astronauts found from Apollo 14. And there's going to be a spacecraft sent by the Chinese known as Tianwen-2 in May of 2025 to try to scoop up samples. So the adventure and the mystery just continues. Amazing, don't you think?
0: It is amazing. How long do you think this is up there like that?
1: They're saying, John, that this probably was up there for a couple of hundred million years. But we only detected it just recently. And if all goes well, well, first of all, it only gets within 9 million miles of the Earth. It's not going to hit us anytime soon. That's the good news, folks. But what's interesting about it,
0: astronomers wait, 9 say million that mil- ion- Wait, 9 million miles of the Earth? I mean, how far is the 9 moon? million miles away. Well, the moon's only two hundred and fifty
1: thousand miles away, so on that, average.
0: So that one is really far.
1: It is, and lucky for us. But it may be in orbit, John, as they're saying, maybe for at least three hundred years around the Earth. So the point is, the Earth may have other objects that orbit around it, not just the big object we call the regular Earth's moon, which is fascinating.
0: Did we create a and name? Then we hit? move on.
1: Well, that's the name that they gave it. It's a name. I'm not sure how, what it means in Hawaiian, but the name again is Kamo Oaliwa,
0: which has wow. something
1: to do with some sacred rituals in Hawaii. They name a lot of these objects after the goddesses and gods in ancient history that come from mythology in the Pacific Islands. Fascinating stuff. But, John, we moved from there deep out into the solar system with the Voyager spacecraft. You know, in 1977, both of these objects were launched out into space. And they're still working. 26 years ago. Absolutely. absolutely. And I remember in New York City, I watched the launch, and now I'm here, what, as I'm 67 years young. It seems like, you know, a long time ago, but the spacecraft, John, is still orbiting out into space. The Voyager 1 is 15 billion miles away from the Earth, and the Voyager 2 is 12.5 billion miles away from the Earth. And they had a few issues a few years ago about sending back some bad data. So what did NASA do? They sent a whole new software upgrade. Imagine this, a software upgrade just to send out to the spacecraft. It takes 23 hours. Imagine when you and I download something off the Internet, it usually takes, well, the larger the file, the longer the time. But can you imagine 23 hours to one of those, the Voyager 1? That is amazing. It's the farthest man-made object ever in space, and it's still continuing to tick. That is incredible. And
0: it it, it is sending back signals?
1: It sure is. And even though we're talking about sending it one way, it takes that many hours, let's say with Voyager 1, 23 hours just to pick it up. And you may be wondering, John, how do they pick up a signal like that? Well, out in the Mojave Desert and around the world, there are these gigantic antennas. You may have seen them in the movie like Contact. One's called the Goldstone Tracking Network. I think it's like a 230-foot giant looks like a giant radio telescope. So imagine the frequency coming from that far. you are still able to perceive it. I find that quite amazing.
0: It is but John, really amazing. we
1: always talk about the mystery of the week. And the mystery of the week, this is kind of interesting, I thought, so people can really see how we expand their minds. How long would it take you to drive to space? Well, space is officially listed at 62 miles above the Earth called the Kármán Line. So if you were to drive at 60 miles an hour, which most people don't, but if you did that, it would take you obviously a little over an hour straight up, as ludicrous as that sounds. But to get to the space station, which is about 250 miles above the Earth, it would take you four hours of drive time. We've driven four four hours in cars before, but imagine that. But here comes the bizarre one. If you drove to the moon at the same speed, it takes 175 days. Now, that seems crazy. But here's one. If you actually walk to the moon, talking about this totally bizarre thing, the average speed of a walker is maybe about three and a half miles per hour. It would take you and I, John, 7.3 years. John, my legs are tired. So the mystery solved. Even the moon that close would take that long. So can you imagine how far these other objects are in space? That's amazing. he's
0: your numero uno. It is amazing. And uh, well, you know, that's what expands our minds. Absolutely. And just in time
1: for Halloween, I wanted to add this from Albert Einstein. He wasn't really a big fan of quantum physics. That's the stuff we're talking about, about how the universe works in the super subatomic level. He called it, and I quote, spooky action at a distance, end quote, apropos for Halloween. But he also said something very interesting. Einstein believed everything had empirical data that you did in, you know, calculations on a board. And his quote goes like this, God does not play dice with the universe, end quote. Amazing things, John, as we expand people's minds and encourage them to go to WABCradio.com for the Dr. Sky experience. And it's always a privilege and honor to be here on the Cats Roundtable doing what, John? Expanding our minds on things we probably don't hear about and appreciate you and the entire station and staff.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Uh, Sky, Steve Cates, and uh, hope to see you in person soon and and, uh, break some bread together.
1: Yes, John, I look forward to that, and have a great Sunday to you and the listeners. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. I see.